And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Oh, Doc Manson. At Doc Manson. (sighs) Do you feel it? Do I feel what, DC Matthews, at the DC Matthews? What am I feeling? It's something that I really thought you'd have talked about before this. But uh, if we remember, it is the 21st day of September, which means it's pumpkin season. And I have not heard you mention a word about pumpkins. What's up with that? I'm currently eating a loaf of a slice from a loaf of a homemade pumpkin bread with chocolate chips. You ate the tacos that fast? I ate the tacos before we. Oh, okay. Got it. That was before. I just brought dessert up to the podcast. Okay. You were eating and I did. That's true. I asked what was for dinner, not what are you eating at the moment? Correct. How is that homemade pumpkin loaf with chocolate chips? Spicy and delicious. Have you had pumpkin spice. have you had anything new? Is this a new recipe for pumpkin spice? Pumpkin. Uh, this is a new recipe. We usually make like a a very similar one that's technically like a cake, making in a bunt pan. This one is, I think, the recipe says it's a bread, but really it's a cake, and it's a different recipe from this baking blog. Uh, who has yet to steer us wrong? Sally's baking addiction. She has lots of good recipes, and this is also quite tasty. How often a day are you looking at blogs? Me? Rarely, if ever. So you're using we in the, this is what Mrs. Manson is doing, looking at blogs and finding recipes and things. I don't know that she's really looking at blogs and finding recipes and things so much as I say, you know, it'd be nice to have that pumpkin loaf you sometimes make. And then she said, I'll see what Sally's has for a recipe because we know Sally's and, um, like you know Not her personally, personally or okay, that was it. Just just biblically, that's all. Um, oh hey. Yeah. She's got a great loaf. Oh, the best. <sighs> how are how are you, my friend? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm doing all right. I gotta say, it's a gorgeous day out. The weather is getting just that little bit cooler. I had a hooded sweatshirt on for part of the day, which is always nice. Yeah, you know. I have not yet broken out the long sleeves or any sort of hoodie. Um, but I will say wearing the long pants has gotten considerably more comfortable within the least recent weeks. I have so. not worn pants yet since returning to work. I'm in shorts every day. I know at some point I'll have to break them out. I don't want to. Mine's mostly because I spend time in labs. Once I'm just teaching... I might be a shorts every day kind of guy. We'll we'll see. That's the. Uh, <clears throat> let me try to remember what I was going to say. Shorts in a lab are frowned upon. They are. They are. I want your leg hair getting into your petri dish or what have you. Yeah, you don't want to have exposed skin, particularly um, if you're working with chemicals and things like that that could splash. I apologize. I always feel like there are questions that I'm sure I've asked you before. Have you ever had to use? the eyewash station without just using it to demonstrate to other people how to use the eyewash station? 
I have not had a need to use an eye wash station, no. Have you seen others in your general proximity who need the eye wash station? Very much so. I have seen somebody splash for normal potassium hydroxide into their eyeball, which probably hurt like a motherfucker. And um, yeah, have to get medical attention for that. Blind in one eye now. So legit, like legit. Wow. Yeah. That's not good. No. You should find a safer line of work. I've been careful. Were they not wearing goggles? They probably were not. Do you put the goggles over the glasses? Yeah. Or do you just wear contacts? No, I don't wear contacts. Uh, In fact, contacts are actually sort of frowned upon in labs, too, because there are some chemicals whose vapors could cause the contacts to fuse to the surface of your eye. Oh, my God. Um, Yeah, so they really don't recommend contacts. Some people wear them anyways, of course, but... um, yeah, not not recommended. So is somebody losing vision? Is that the most gruesome lab injury you've ever seen? I mean, that wasn't even particularly gruesome. Um, there was no gru per se. Um, you know, just looked like they got splashed in the eye. So uh, I don't know. But um, I'm trying to think anything more gruesome than that. Yeah, I think probably more gruesome than that is. And you, I don't know, you might have seen this in um, science labs and other schools, maybe, even when you were in school. Um, they tend to have this poster on the wall that shows, like, what's called a pie pump. And then you have this a, a pipette, a serological pipette that you're supposed to insert into it. And on these posters, they always, you know, they show you gripping the, the, the glass pipette at the base and inserting it into the pump, gent- uh, like, carefully. Uh, and then there's always a second picture of somebody grabbing it at the far end of the pipette and like trying to get it in that way. So there's this un, there's too much pressure and tension on this stalk of thin glass, right? And so of course the 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 potential hazard there is um, you could break the pipette, the glass, and since you are sort of pushing those two items together as you break it, you're very likely to then take the broken glass spear and shove it into your hand. Uh, I have seen that happen. So that's probably the most gruesome thing I've seen. Okay. No severe chemical burns or anything like that. Well, um, I did once have a girl in organic chemistry class who was working with 12 molar nitric acid, um, which is basically as strong as an acid gets. And it was in a dropper bottle. And she picked up the dropper bottle and she moved very, very quickly with it instead of moving deliberately and slowly. And she also didn't keep it over the bench. So as she was moving it, one drop of nitric acid fell from the dropper and landed directly on her leg. Now, she was wearing jeans. Um, However, the nitric acid burned directly through the jeans and immediately started burning into her leg in a nice, perfect little circle. Um, she went to the infirmary. Does it go like all the way through? Like, does she have a perfect? No, no, no. Well, it'll be a nice scar for a while, you know, I believe that. Yeah. Is, is that the most dangerous chemical you have? No, um, the most dangerous thing is probably compressed air tanks and, but it's not just air, um, compressed gas, I should say. 
and the compressed gas in the tanks is uh, uh, hydrogen fluoride gas. That's probably the most dangerous. Okay. So if there were... You breathe that in, you'd... Yeah, he'd be dead. So if there were some sort of zombie apocalypse, do you think if you could get to your lab, you could build enough? Mm, A lot of those things will hurt a person, scar a person, damage a person's tissues. But I don't know that any of them are going to do enough damage to demobilize a zombie, honestly. I think they don't feel pain, I'm, I'm thinking. And like to get them into a vat of acid where they're actually going to deteriorate their tendons and muscles to the point where they can't move again, I feel like would take a lot. So I don't know. I think you're better off just with a, with some sort of club or spiked weapon of some sort than going the chemical route. Do you think you would fare better in some sort of purge scenario where you needed to defend yourself against regular humans? I mean, I guess... But again, like, I, I, I don't know. Like, don't get me wrong. It's pro- it is like a, a order of magnitude worse than, say, like getting hit with pepper spray. But you see people, like, especially like coked up or p- on PCP. Like, you see videos of people just like powering through getting hit with pepper spray, like not even feeling it. You know what I mean? Or, or, or like powering through being tased. I, I don't know if those types of things are make the best defense in a lot of situations. If you've got somebody dedicated to harming you i I don't know okay i don't know just curious my my science education's ended so early on it's been at least i would say 18 to 20 years since i have been in any sort of situation like that and i don't remember in any sort of purge situation? No, I was 18 just, to 20 years since you've been part of a purge. There was that one time in Vancouver yeah, okay. to use the tall guy line from the haunted hayride that he would use. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm just saying I haven't been in a science lab in a very long time. I remember sure, the sure. eyewash. I remember there was some sort of decontaminating shower or something that you would stand under. Uh, but, yeah, I don't remember doing anything that. Seemed to be at all dangerous, though I do remember wearing goggles over my glasses and them immediately fogging up and me hating my life. Um, I've seen a person in a microbiology lab reach over a Bunsen burner. So, like, this is an open flame that is on. And, like, reach over it while wearing nitrile gloves such that the gloves melted to their hand. And, of course, that hurt. So the first thing they did was rip the glove off. But since it had melted to their skin, they actually ripped their skin off. Um, just a small patch, but enough that Still, that was yeah. beyond a third-degree burn. So You mentioned something earlier about moving deliberately and slowly. Is that something that is reviewed in these labs? Like we, I mean, absolutely. Nothing should, working be, with a dangerous nothing should be done quickly. Everything should be done oh, yeah. with purpose. With purpose, absolutely. Yep. People do not listen, do not read, do not follow directions. Well, of course but, not. Um, of course yeah, not. for sure. I mean, you know, even like, I'd say like the most dangerous thing I do on a regular basis. Well, I don't even do this on a regular basis anymore. But like taking like 12 molar hydrochloric acid and diluting that down into like a usable one molar solution. Like the one molar, no big deal. You could wash your hands in it. And don't get me wrong, I don't recommend it. Like, 
you'd, you'd want to get it off of there, wash your hands, but it's not going to harm you. Um, not immediately. You'd have to really leave it on there, let it cake on and leave it for a long period of time. Um, but like if you get, if you open up the, 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 the bottle of the 12 molar hydrochloric acid, even the fumes are enough to like burn your lungs. Um, like you can waft them and you're okay. But if you were to take like a big sniff, that would not be good. Mm -hmm. Um, and I can remember taking an accidental breath of that and being like, Oh, like, you know what I mean? Uh, working in a hood, but just getting a little bit too much of a, of a working dangerously maybe. And, we're learning my lesson, luckily, and you know all of this is telling me that the world is better off that I went with the social sciences and went into education because I mean, your world is. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, me. So far, you've mentioned um, acids, uh, glass pipettes, um, air tanks filled with chemicals you shouldn't breathe in. None of this is something I would trust myself with. How about a syringe full of Ebola? Nope. <laughs> Not nope. that I've ever worked with. I don't that. necessarily trust myself with an EpiPen, let alone, <laughs> let alone anything like that. Do you think you'd be the person to stab himself with the EpiPen when trying to administer it? I, I've gone to enough trainings now that no, but there was one time where I had the uh, trainer backwards. Mm, and yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would have injected my own hand with it, let alone. That would have made it much more difficult for you to focus on injecting another one into the person who needed it. Have you seen the Tim Conway, Harvey Corman dentist sketch? I don't think so. Um, you need to watch it. It's, it is comedy gold at its best. Tim Conway plays a bad dentist who is trying and winds up injecting himself multiple times with a syringe of Novocaine. <laughs> in like various parts of his body maybe that, I have then, seen that. that then go numb. I have to imagine you have seen Yeah, it. maybe I have seen that. Um, that kind of sounds parts familiar. Of the, the, the story goes uh, that Harvey Corman, who's just, his job is literally just to sit in the dentist chair, was laughing so hard he wet himself during the <laughs> sketch. But yeah, that's, that's a good one. That's a recommendation for me to you, besties. If you're listening out there, and hi, welcome to the show, by the way. Uh, if you're listening out there and you haven't seen it, or even if you have, go check out the Tim Conway, Harvey Corman dentist sketch. It's brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, are there plans for Shocktober, or is this once again another year where life's too busy for... I don't know. I don't have any serious plans. Like, I, I'm not planning on doing a movie a day or anything like that. I don't have time for that. But I think I'd like to try to put together a horror movie night. I had mentioned it to a um, friend of the show and friend of Mrs. Manson, Steve, when he had been over for the, uh, the wrestling show. He's one of the few people, I think, who knows enough about horror movies and enjoys them enough that could engage with me in an intellectual conversation about said movies. Sorry, GQ. <laughs> wow. Now, uh, GQ would also be invited. I think Eric, uh, the arsonist, I believe he's into horror movies. So I think we've got a small crew that maybe if some folks could make it, that could be a fun time. But I don't know exactly what we would show yet. I would want to see things I hadn't seen, but I don't know if they would be interesting to other people because I'd always be looking at, you know, garbage 80s films and 
I, I guess we could mix it up. I was going to say, what does Joe Bob have planned for Halloween? Do we know yet? Or is it too early? Uh, it's uh, it's too early. There is there is going to, I believe, be a Halloween special, which will probably be a double feature of some sort, but don't know what the movies are. Again, usually those aren't uh, announced till the night. So I saw somewhere, I think it was on WWE.com or something like that. They had Instagram photo from Shotzi Blackheart, where I believe she is doing because she is a big horror fan. She is in an Ash cosplay with the chainsaw arm and all of that. So that's fun. I know you're not into the WWE at this point, but you know, she is, she is hoping for some sort of clearly she's looking to get into the horror genre in a Joe Bob Briggs sort of way as well. Um, well, that's good. What's the decoration situation? Again, we're a month out, but I, um, we're working on making a wreath. We got, um, like one of those plain styrofoam rings that you yeah. get at a craft store. Yeah. And we're wrapping it in um, like this green gauze sort of thing. And to sort of make it into like this furry style monster, we've got foam board. We're going to cut teeth out and glue it on there. We've got these giant googly eyes that we're going to glue on there. And ideally, we'll hang it on the door at some point. But we're still working on it. We're still working on it. Is the plan to to have trick-or-treaters? I know there's always a question with... Always a question with uh, Oscar, yes, what the plan is for... Yeah, Mrs. Manson at this point is very anti-trick-or-treating. She'd rather just turn the lights out and skip it, so I don't know. We'll we'll see how it goes. And you put the monster, like, on the mailbox? Because, again, the, the issue with you living at the end of a cul-de-sac, or near the end of a cul-de-sac, is you're not getting the same kind of traffic. No. Although we do, we do decent traffic. Um, Could you put it up in your office? I mean, I could. I don't know. Too many people would see it. Could you? Are you going to dress up? Do you have? I don't know what day of no, the week. No, I, I don't dress up. Come on, it's your first big, like you know, four hundred people there. You schedule an exam that day, and the person with the best costume automatically gets an A and doesn't need to take the test. Yeah, maybe yeah, not we'll so much. See. Not so yeah, much. I'm worried about that. How's class going? It's going well. Good. Second exam under the belt. Hey, doing pretty good. Scores still. Higher than average. Hey. Yeah. A testament to um, great leadership. Well, I had some type A people, one and really one who came to my office, very concerned about other people potentially cheating and had to have that conversation where I was just like, mind your own "Uh business. Yeah, not exactly. Like, thank you for bringing this to my attention. But they didn't give me any like specific stuff. I'll look into it. Mind mind, Mind your own business. No, no. I thanked him for his concerns, and I said I would take a look. There, 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 there are certain things that I, I will look into, certainly. Um, but we'll see. What was the What was the type of cheating that was being accused? Nah, I don't want to get into it here. All right, but, in a public you know. public forum. Yeah, Morse Morse code. Yeah, well, uh, that's a, I think that still would travel on the. Yeah. <laughs> podcast though i I suppose that's true um are you familiar i i I went back and forth i heard something the other day that i wanted to play for you but i actually i I don't necessarily or maybe i'll just read the lyrics uh are you familiar with the newest branch of the u.s military space force i'm vaguely familiar with the fact that it has a dumb name 
and that Steve Carell had a show called yeah. the same thing, but I did not watch the show. And I watched one episode and could not watch anymore. That's how I did with the morning show, the other Steve Carell we show. Watched, we watched both seasons of that. We'll probably watch season three. That's one of those shows, though, that I'm sneaking online and reading the synopses of each episode. So, But uh, apparently recently, as of yesterday, Space Force, our newest branch of the military, uh, now has its own theme song. Great. And I was, again, was going to play it for you, but I, I think it would be better to just read you this. I wanna, I'm going to read you these lyrics, and what I'd like to know, Doc Manson, is are you inspired um, to, to either want to join Space Force or do you think this will inspire others as well? Uh, we're the mighty watchful eye, guardians beyond the blue. The invisible front line wore fighters brave and true. Boldly reaching into space, there's no limit to our sky. Standing guard both night and day, we're the Space Force from on high. Very little of that makes any sense, given modern context. The thing that cracks me up about this is if this theme song had come out during the previous presidential administration, I would not have batted an eye. I would have gone, yep, that's exactly what it should be, and moved on with my day. The fact that it's happening now, years after, and A, we're still even keeping this idea around, and B, now they have a theme song. But like, didn't that entire organization start under the last administration? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Well, so that's what my point is. Like, all the people there that were installed were installed by the previous administration. So, like, they this is very much a product of that's the previous true. administration. And there's nothing that the current administration can probably yeah. do about it. I'm I'm not necessarily against uh, keeping an eye on space and potentially, you know, some sort of. Are you are you familiar with NASA? That's kind of the point I was because I, I would, we, I would we already say they one. keep an eye on space. They're boldly reaching into space. They're standing guard both night and day, but. Who are we fighting in space? Uh, Venusians? Mm. Jovians? Jupiterians? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I I withdraw my criticism. Plutonians? Yeah, okay. Um, The Che will tell you the Welsh and their incredible satellite technology. Indeed. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know enough about it to know what the actual dangers would be of another nation either attacking or spying or like, are we just. Yeah. And in that in that vein, like it's obviously you talk about like having a division for cybersecurity. And that makes even if you don't know a lot about computers, you understand the need for that. And I am sure that at some level of this, there is a legitimate need to to have a different sort of eye on the sky than does NASA. So like, I, I, I do get it. I'm being a little facetious here. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like an ongoing concern currently, but yeah, I mean, I guess it's good to get, good to get one up on our enemies, whoever they might be someday. I would be more worried about like, where's our military 
for, like you said, cybersecurity. Where's that? Oh, we've already got that. Where's that branch of the military? Uh, I don't know. What else? What's going on? What's what, what else? How's, what else how's, is how's wrestling? How's the how's the E? Uh, Get, well, getting the F out. How's the E? <laughs> well, let's see. What is going on in the E? Um, NXT keeps changing, and by changing, I mean more and more UK superstars are arriving. Um, oh, I. Uh, forgive me. I'm sorry. It took us 24 minutes to get to the biggest news of the week. Uh, when Breaking you, news. When you sit down to watch the next edition of WWE Crown Jewel live We're from Saudi Arabia, that, okay, you will be watching the greatest title match of all time. Roman Reigns defending his undisputed championship against... Top contender, Logan Paul. Why? Why are you doing that bilabial fricative? You've just described a wet fart to me, so I thought I'd describe one back. Uh, would you feel better if I said that completely away from that altogether, uh, the theme for this year's Survivor Series is war games? Not really. I mean, I do think that's interesting that they're going to do something different with Survivor Series. However, Survivor Series is supposed to be about Survivor Series, which is already its own different thing. So I'm not sure why you call it Survivor Series colon War Game if and not just War Game. Like, I'm not sure why why you smashed those two together. I think so. The logo has, you know, the red and the blue because the last few years it has been brand warfare. Uh-huh. Um, but Triple H went out of his way to say that War Games this year would not necessarily be brand versus brand. It would be storyline driven. So I'm imagining we're going to get the bloodline versus a collection of baby faces. We will get perhaps damage control, Bailey's stable. Right, right, right. But but why are we doing a, a pay-per-view full of war games matches and not a pay-per-view full of Survivor's Series matches because when that, it is Survivor Series? That is no longer. So I'm looking back. The last few years, it's been the men's and women's Survivor Series matches. Those have been the only ones on the show. The rest of it has been champion versus champion. I don't know that we're doing that, especially since say, many of the champions are already like. This is probably unified. going to hurt you because I, if I recall, you have said that Survivor Series matches are some of your favorites. Um, they're not great. But I'm going to say that. Yeah, they're not great. They're not great to watch. <laughs> No. They tend to be pretty boring. And the, 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 the flip side of this, though, is I don't think War Games has a great track record either. If you get the right teams in there, it can be good. But I feel like they've had a lot of lackluster War Games matches outside of like the first time they did it in NXT. So here's one of the problems that I have. And I say this as a very, very big fan of the guys I'm about to talk about. Way too much Undisputed Era. 
Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle, and O'Reilly. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I feel like they were in at least three, if not four, War Games matches. They're not the four horsemen. Like, no. you, you can't do that anymore. Mm-mm. Like, in the 80s, you could do horsemen every year because you didn't have 12 pay-per-views, and you, you, know, you could pull that off. This isn't that. You can't have three or four times when Adam Cole and Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly and maybe Roderick Strong are in the same match. Now, I think there have been great moments. Kevin Owens making his return to NXT and being the last member of that team and scaring the bejesus out of the Undisputed Era. Bailey turning on Tegan Knox and slamming her knee into the, uh, the cage and turning heel. I thought that was a good moment. Um, you know, the matches aren't bad necessarily, but again, this is the problem we run into with Hell in a Cell and with, you know, even Money in the Bank. If you're having the same matches at the same time, year after year after year, eventually it's, oh, we've seen this. Uh, I'm interested. I don't know. You know, traditionally it's been six on six or eight, you know, or, no, four, three on three or four on four. Is that what we're getting? Are we going to be getting something different? I don't know. But, mm. you know. That, well, I guess I'm, we got to wait and see what it is before we get yeah. to. Um, I'm back into 20. I'm, I'm on Wikipedia. I've gone back to 2016. It's all, um, you know, brand warfare. And then, you know, in 2015, we had the Usos and the Lucha Dragons along with Ryback versus King Barrett, Sheamus and the New Day. That was the only Survivor Series match that was on the main show. So I think it's just Survivor Series is now a name. Like it's it's the name of the November pay-per-view. Maybe they'll change it at some point, but the the era of those matches being the reason for that show are gone. It was bragging rights or night of champions or whatever. And now it's survivor series war games. I'm interested if, if we're going to have a war games that features the bloodline, I think that's cool. If we're going to have one that has Bailey, that's kind of her match. I feel like since she had that heel turn and mm. you know, sure. I, I, I look forward to seeing what it is. I won't be watching Crown Jewel. I just no. knew I could get some sort of great sound effect from you if I told you about Roman Reigns versus Logan Paul. I I love that some people... I'm just going to make that noise anytime anyone ever mentions the name Logan Paul, <laughs> including myself. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I people are excited about it. Good for them. Uh, that's not me. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, you know, that's the major stories in the uh, in the WWE. I couldn't tell you the major stories in AEW. I think we're getting there's something uh, supposed to be big happening tonight. Is I think we're getting Moxley versus Brian Danielson. Yeah, that should be is a that, good match. Is that tonight? Oh yeah, I, believe, AEW I think so. Grand Slam. Uh, the rumor is that. Page, aka Soraya, is going to make an appearance. On... Oh, okay. Soraya really? here. That's the rumor that I've heard. Wrestle? I don't know. She could just be making an appearance, but let's see. All right. Oh, so, okay. I, the fact that they, 
I get that from a cost standpoint, it probably makes the most sense for them to do one night of taping, like do one night. But the fact that we're doing this on a tape delay, but Brian Danielson versus John Moxley, probably a great match. Uh, Swerve in our glory versus the acclaimed. Supposedly that was very good at all out. You watch that. I'm I'll sure watch the, it again. I'm sure yeah. the rematch will be Hey good. man, let me tell you also the acclaimed. Scissor me daddy ass is the biggest thing in the world right now. Yeah. In, in, the, in the world of wrestling. Like that is the biggest thing. It's yeah. ridiculous. How, uh, how, how much people are into that thing. The fatal four way match for the interim women's title should be good. Tony storm, Serena, Athena, AKA Ember moon and Britt Baker. Pac versus orange Cassidy should be good. Claudio versus Chris Jericho should be good. That's a great show. That is a fantastic dynamite right now. Looking forward to that it. That is happening. And then if you watch on Rampage, you get to watch Action Bronson wrestle. No, I don't know who that is. Uh, he's the guy that looks like Bray Wyatt. Oh, I do know who that is. He's okay. He's, like, he's a rapper. He's a food guy. I don't know who that is. <laughs> I thought I knew who that was. Action. I like his name. Action Bronson. Bronson. That sounds good. Was this the guy that I thought would look like Colonel Sanders? Dressed up in white? No. No. He no, looks like Bray Wyatt. Guy. He does? He looks like Alex Jones. Okay. I'm not going to hold that against him because I don't know anything about him, but... No, I've seen a couple of his like food stuff. He's not bad. But, okay, all right. But Wait, yeah. so is he like a YouTuber or like a? I I think he's a rapper. He was on well, when some you say food, food stuff. What what do you mean food stuff? Like he was on Vice or whatever. Let me let's find Vice his Wikipedia is a food page. show. Uh, I thought Vice was a. Type he's of- an American rapper, songwriter, chef, and television presenter. Um. He started out with a mixtape called Bon Appetit, Bitch. Okay. Uh, then I think I've heard that one. Then he has a talk show. He has a show called Beep That's Delicious. Um, he's beep, beep. He's done a book. Beep. Yeah, you know okay. he seems he All seems right. to be. Uh, he I'm seems sure legit. he's. Too legit to quit. Yeah, I just don't understand why he's a wrestler now. Yeah, okay. And he's teaming with Hook, who's another person that I kind of don't understand why they're a wrestler. Um, Hook is good. I like him. Don't get me wrong. He's good. Uh, Taking on, you know, the former Ever Rise, the Jericho Appreciation Society, who are not bad either. So that match will be entertaining. Ray Phoenix versus Jungle Boy will be good. Eddie Kingston versus Sammy Guevara will be good. Wardlow's teaming up with Samoa Joe. That's entertaining. That's worth watching just on its own. So it'll be a good, you know, good couple nights of AEW. Are you going to be watching? I'll probably check out um, Dynamite. Well, all right. Uh, Your thoughts on week one of the Bake Off. It's good. I'm glad to have it back. Me too. Me too, me too. I was a li- I was sad to see the person go who went the- that week, even though it was obvious. Why? Because he, not- 
he seemed entertaining enough. Um, yeah, I guess he just, but yeah, his his work clearly was not no, to no the others. So and it makes you know, sense. The star caker of Bake Week was hilarious, and you know, everyone's going to be a favorite. Star caker of Bake Week. That's what he said on the phone with his boyfriend when he called him at the end of the show. He said, "Oh, I won, he did. You're I right. won star caker of Bake Week. I mean, and then so I like Nigel. Nigel, yeah." Is that a contestant? No. What are we talking about? That guy that you were just talking about? It's his dachshund. Oh. <laughs> I did not know the dog. I did not know we knew the dog's name. I believe he but said it and it was Nigel. Yep, it's Nigel. You're yep. right. But yes, I'm enjoying that. I'm glad that's back. Should be a lot of fun. Um, we have eaten scotch chicken before. Mm. Would you rather eat scotch chicken or NyQuil chicken? Scotch chicken. I'm not going to eat either, really. But if I had to take a bite of one, I would take the bite of the scotch chicken again. You don't want to have a bite of NyQuil chicken? I don't. Have a good nap afterwards? I don't. I do not. Okay. All right. That just sounds not good. Remember not when Not good. Did NyQuil have two flavors, or was that just liquid DayQuil? Uh, NyQuil and DayQuil are kind of yeah. different flavors. Would would DayQuil chicken be better, do you think? I don't think so, no. All right. Should we get to the email so I don't stop just looking for topics to talk about? I guess so. Podcast at DDTWrestling.com. <laughs> we have four. I bullied Brandon Banks into sending a last-minute email, but the first one comes from Nate. It is his weekly email. Good afternoon, gentlemen. This week has been amazing so far. I have this week off between switching jobs. I've done very little, enjoyed myself so much. It's a good time, and I'm excited to go back to work at a restaurant. Also, I'm going to get to watch Grand Slam live tonight, and I hope Brian wins the title. Could be a good show. Few questions for you all this week. I don't know if you said this before, but what was your first job, and did you enjoy it? What is your morning routine to get ready and positive for work? What is your favorite style of wrestling and favorite match ever? I hope you both have a great night and a great rest of your week. P.S. Doc, if DC gives you his Peacock info, you can watch The Black Phone. It's really good. Your bestie, Nate, sent from my iPhone SE sponsored by Version. I don't think I need to give you my Peacock info because it's our collective Peacock info, but have you watched the black phone? I have not. It looks good though. It looks so what's, good. What's keeping you from watching it besides, you know, being incredibly busy? Mostly that. And okay. once again, it's one of it's it is weird. I, I I have my biases, I have my preferences, really. Um, and for some reason, when I have downtime, I will always check out a random nobody remembers movie from the eighties, then some modern Super popular thing that everybody says is good. I know I I know I'm gonna like that thing. Like I know I'm gonna like it. I'm not even like trying to do that thing. Like it's too popular and I don't want to watch it. Not it's not even that. When I if I were to watch it, I know I would like it. And then I just I I have a there's a lot of inertia that I have to get over to watch new stuff, and I I don't know why, but it is just the way I'm wired. You think if enough time passes and the new stuff becomes old stuff, you'll be more tempted? Absolutely. I, I tend to find that I watch things when they're about five years out of date. I'm just about getting around to get out. 
<laughs> so we will get we will get to Doc's review of the black phone on episode, you know, 782. Maybe. Sometime in 2027 yeah. we'll get there. Uh what was my first job? My first job was working at a summer camp um which is the one of the few jobs you can get before you're, you know, 16 years old. They pay you peanuts to work early. Uh, my actual first real non-summer camp job, I have mentioned this before, but it bears repeating, uh, Taco Bell. Uh, I was a Taco Bell employee. Uh, got in at a great deal, making $7 an hour um, my senior year of high school. What about yeah. you? Uh, my first job, if we're talking before 16, was working at a local farm Uh as part of their haunted hayride during the month of October. I was doing I, that before I was 16. I missed that job. Yeah, Can it was I a good job. You? Just, you know, going out, getting a couple Subway sandwiches, going, whether I was throwing pallets on a fire, being used for grunt work. Even that was a lot of fun. Jumping on the side of a cart or the time I was going to play Hans Velsing Monster Hunter for all of <laughs> five minutes. Yeah. Um those were good times. And then, you know, you'd get an envelope with like $160 in cash, which when you're 19, 20 years old, you're like, I might as well be is, infinite money. This is the lap of luxury. Yeah. So it's a good time. That's a good job. First real job was working at a mom and pop restaurant. I started on register, you know, taking orders, ringing people up. And eventually I learned how to do the fryers and I learned to do the uh, just the the regular cook, uh, uh, short, short order cook stuff. And then sure. I also learned to do the, uh, the pizzas in the back. Um, eventually I was like, uh, well, I was never like officially a shift manager, but when the owner went on vacation one time, he left me the keys and left me in charge for two weeks. So I worked there for about six years and that was probably my first real job. I would say I worked at Taco Bell for about six months. Yeah. <laughs> It was a good time. Uh, I miss you, it. I was going to say, would you ever want to like open up a little? Maybe. You know, It's a very different type of work, but there's something to be said for going and, you know, just getting in the zone, flipping burgers or, or whatever. There's, you turn the brain off and just go and just do it. And that's nice sometimes. What did, what did you enjoy more? Pizzas, grill, or fryers? Probably the pizzas. I got real good at the pizzas. I could pump out a, full pizza pie from, you know, ball of dough stretched onto a screen, sauce, cheesed, and even, you know, full pepperoni, which is the most difficult pizza to do because you actually have to do the grid, right? Um, probably in about 90 seconds from start to finish. I could do them fast. Look at you. Yeah. Do you, do you prefer just personally the thinner pepperoni that stays flat on the pie or do you want the pepperoni that cups up and has the little grease droplets inside these days i don't want the grease so sure it adds a lot of good flavor though I'll so what you. what you're saying is you prefer the cups yeah. your brain prefers the cups yeah. your stomach probably prefers something else uh my morning routine nate i'm glad you asked um i get up about two in the morning 
No. And I sit in Excuse bed and me. I watch wrestling on my telephone while my wife sleeps next to me. And False. I watch for about three and a half hours. And False. then, I'm sorry, what were you, what were you going to say? I wake up at about somewhere between 4.15 and 5.15. Um, I won't let myself get out of bed before 4. Uh, I will get up. Uh, now, I, you know, come out here to my little area. Um, I check what's happening in the world. I check WWE.com if there were wrestling shows. I check Twitter. I have been doing Duolingo for now. Today was my 80th day, so I do my 20 to 30 minutes of Spanish each morning. Um, you know, I'm just sort of chilling out. I don't have a TV in this room at present, so I do not watch wrestling. Um, I eventually, my wife wakes up, we figure out something for breakfast, we hang out, and then eventually I take a shower and go to work uh, because I am no longer commuting to work with my lovely wife. Usually we do. Uh, that sort of getting myself in a positive, ready for the day sort of thing uh, is the 20 minutes I'm driving to work, listening to a podcast. That's where I shut my brain off and sort of let things go. So what about you, Doc? You get up at what? Seven, seven thirty? Yeah, maybe like seven fifty. Um, jump in the shower, get out the door by like eight oh three, and then you know Are you actually like in like twenty minutes up out? Some days. Most days. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Um is your lunch already packed for you? Is that yeah, usually that's a lot. That's mostly done the night before. Uh, Mrs. Manson does mostly do that in full disclosure. But yeah, usually it's packed the night before anyways. I do roll downstairs, put up uh, a travel mug of coffee, you know, get that done, take some, take my meds, and then I'm out the door. And the thing that makes me, puts me in a positive mood ready for work is is that 16 ounces of coffee. That's pretty much what does it for me that's fair that's fair that's fair brightens you up makes your day better yeah i need Uh, stimulants i totally can get that we have this verb energy drink that i sometimes make myself in a turvis mug and take that with me and when i need a boost i get it from that my favorite style of wrestling i do like the scientific I you know I'm I was watching because I'm watching wrestling in the 2002 2003 era. There's a lot of Angle versus Benoit and the amateur wrestling that they're doing is not nearly as entertaining as I thought it was when I was younger because Benoit is so bad at it or let me rephrase Angle is so good at it that he is just mopping the floor with Chris Benoit time after time. But I enjoy your chain wrestling, your William Regal European style. I enjoy Tyler Bate. Uh, and my favorite match ever, I think Doc is frozen, so I'm just going to keep talking here. Um, oh, oh, he's moving again a little bit. My, uh, my favorite match ever, I'll go with the classic uh, Bret Hart versus Owen Hart, WrestleMania 10. What about you, sir? Favorite style of wrestling, favorite match? Oh, the um, video is gone. His video well, is I gone. Turned I just off heard him say, um. Hoping, I turned off the video hoping that was going to maybe fix the connection. You've been frozen on my end for quite some time. Oh. I, I don't know. 
Interesting. Um, All right. Well, while we're while we're trying to fix you now, I think we're conversing in real time now. Um, Yeah. So yeah, I went ahead and talked about my favorites. Should I talk? Yeah, go ahead. What's your favorite style of wrestling? Probably hardcore wrestling. Mick Foley, Cactus Jack, that era, you know. Um, EC Dub, some of that stuff. But I think that was my favorite stuff at the time. I don't know that I would love it looking back on it now. But I think, you know, I think some of my favorite matches probably came later in Foley's run. I think the program he worked with Randy Orton was very excellent and ended up with a really great match. I think that was that backlash. Um, there was a lot to like about that match, I think. So I don't know if that's my favorite match ever, but it's probably up there. I know. Crazy, right? Doc Manson giving credence to something, anything that was touched by Randy Orton. But um, it yeah. was good. It was good. It was good. Randy Orton, you know, again, he's just joined Evolution. So I have the whole legend killer era to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, are we trying your camera? Or are we just going to go? I'm just going to go because at the moment things are pretty rocky still. All right. On your side. So. Well, then let's move on to Glenn's email, Celebrity Bake Off. Good evening, guys. Your task, if you choose to accept it, is to book six celebrities, either living or dead. Only criteria is that they must be people you find interesting. Then pick three baking tasks for them. You don't have to pick three each. The six can be picked by consultation along with the three bakes. Have fun, Glenn. I like that Glenn has just figured out that we're always going to do it together. Which is why so he's, I think he's I now, should book six and you should book six. I was going to say, I think in the, in, in, the, in the interest of spite, we got to do it ourselves now. Yeah, that's, that's how I feel about it. Well, that might be All his right. plan, though. We might, be, we might be feeding into his plan, and we have to outsmart that plan. And so to stifle Glenn, we probably should just book it together. Go first. Who's your first person? Uh, my first person for the Celebrity Bake Off. Hmm. Is going to be. I'm going to go with Paul Hollywood, I think. <laughs> okay. Interesting. I feel like he'd be a real ringer. I feel like he'd he'd do quite well. I agree with that. I think that's fair. I was debating putting uh, an actual culinarian in there as well. Um, I'll go with a with with somebody. Then I will take. I've mentioned him many times before. He's not a baker, um, but I will do uh, other YouTube celebrity. cooking personality we'll do maddie matheson because he's he's gonna hate everything because he doesn't like baking so the fact that he's gonna have to do it will just make for some entertaining comedy i think i'm I'm actually gonna stick in the culinary world for my next pick but this one i i think is maybe more along your lines this person i think is a great chef And the thing I like about him is he's always coming up with different things. Um, And I would like to see him. I don't know if he bakes at all. I'd like to see that creativity applied, though, to a Bake Off style thing. So I am going to pick um, Iron Chef's own 
Masaharu Morimoto. Oh. I think that's a good pick. That's a great pick. Uh, well, if we're if if we're doing all of this, if so far we've got three culinarians, I'll go with one. Um, also from YouTube, let's add a female to this group and let's pick someone who can give Paul Hollywood a run for their money. Um, back when we were allowed to watch Bon Appetit before they had all of their drama and it sort of made it uncomfortable to watch, um, Claire Saffitz would re- try to recreate gourmet versions of snack foods. And she still has her own YouTube channel, which is sometimes fun to watch. So I will go ahead and pick Claire Saffitz uh, to join this motley crew of uh, culinarians. All right. Um, for One my more. last pick, I'm just going to go completely off road here. Um, and I'm going to pick John Oliver because I just feel like he'd be entertaining. I agree. Uh, I will pick somebody. I'll take the one. Well, let's see. Yeah, I'll go ahead and take the one uh, person who has passed on. um, And he's also a John uh, comedian, John Panette, who uh, unfortunately we lost some years ago. Uh, He was a very overweight comedian who then lost like over a hundred pounds and, you know, but his a lot of his comedy has to do with food. So I think putting him in a situation where he has to try to bake again, uh, he and Maddie Matheson will go back and forth to see who can be the angriest uh, while having to do these challenges. That's a good that, that's a good lineup. But what are but our challenges? We, uh, you mentioned something, you know, uh, I feel like we need an easy one. You know, I'm assuming we're doing, if we're following the Bake Off style, we need to do a signature. We need to do uh, some sort of technical. specialty, technical, thank you, and then a showstopper. Yes, yes, I agree. Um, so for a showcase. The signature, you mean? Yep, that's what I mean for a signature. It's got to be something that like most people probably have made. And they've got their own little spin to it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, do you do? Because sometimes they don't. They don't give you specifics. So I'm, I'm almost like some sort of. And we had this conversation last week. Do you do some sort of chocolate chip cookie? It can be any mm. flavor. Like you know, it has to have chocolate, some sort of chocolate chip or chunk in it. But that's the only criteria. I want Paul Hollywood to not only be a contestant, but also a judge. I think it would add a really good dynamic to the show. So he's judging himself and then everyone else are oh, we yes. cloning. Yeah, no, no, he's judging himself. Okay. And, and the reason why is because I really want to hear Paul Hollywood's take on on the technical, which I think we should go the complete opposite of a true technical. And and I want to see him try to critique a parfait. Interesting. Because really, you what can throw kind, any shit what, together, right? Well, no, but see, here's the thing. A technical has to be one specific type of parfait. Because they have to sit. Paul Hollywood has to then go and sit with Prue and look at what the parfait is supposed to be and taste it. So is it a specific type of parfait or are we... Or are we bending the rules for our own version of this show? Well, well what do you think? 
when I think parfait, I think, you know, either some sort of, you know, there needs to be a cream base, whether it's a yogurt, whether it's a, you know, custard or a creme anglaise or something, there needs to be a fruit component and there needs to be a baked good component. I think that it needs to be some sort of, um, I think it needs to be like a Southern peach themed parfait and, and with some sort of liqueur incorporated as well. Okay. And then I'm going to offer this to you as our showstopper. I want a uh, haunted house. Done. I want a haunted house as a showstopper uh, that is entirely edible, has to include multiple different elements, but I want some sort of haunted house. All right there. Paul Hollywood, Maddie Matheson, Masaharu Morimoto, Claire Saffitz, John Oliver, and dearly departed John Panette, you have been put on notice. Make me a cookie. Until I came up with the haunted house idea, it was going to be they had to do a bust of you and I together. (laughs) Uh, Mrs. Manson comes in with candy. Dear Doc in D.C., the other night I was watching television and came across planes, trains, and automobiles. There you are. A movie I haven't seen in its entirety in quite some time. After watching it, I took a deep dive into all the films John Candy starred in. And I'll still have to say Uncle Buck is my favorite because you're smart, Mrs. Manson. What about you? Uh, Yes, Uncle Buck. Well, mm, I forgot about uh, Mog. Spaceballs. Yeah. Yeah, actually, Spaceballs is going to win over Uncle Buck. I like Uncle Buck, but yeah, Spaceballs. I think my favorite John Candy film is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. That's also a good one. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I also really like the Blues Brothers. Mm-hmm. Who's Harry Crumb will always have a special place in my heart, but it's not good. <laughs> wow. Wasn't his last movie like Wagons East or something? Yeah, Wagons East. Technically, that wasn't good either. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Spaceballs. Spaceballs is quite good. How do you feel about the great outdoors with him and uh, Dan Aykroyd? Not bad. Not great, it's, though, right? Just, no, just kind of okay. But no. It's also how I feel about Canadian bacon. I'm like, there's a lot of John Candy. I will, like, I give a lot of passes to John Candy. What was he in Little Shop of Horrors? That's a great question. Mm, but now we got to know because I'm like, I don't remember him in Little Shop of Horrors. I suspect he's just like a side character, not much. That might be it. Wink Let's Wilkinson. See. Oh, the DJ. Yeah. Okay. No, that's a great cast, though. It is. My God, that's a great cast. Bill Murray, Jim Belushi, Steve Martin, Rick Moranis. So good. Oh, man, that's a fantastic character. Uh, He's excellent in Home Alone. Nice supporting role there. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine all the funny John Candy could have shared with us if he hadn't passed away so young? Could you imagine what only murders in the building would be like if it starred John Candy instead of Martin Short? Yeah, it'd be good. Those aren't pillows, Mrs. M. I think John Candy and Steve Martin could have been in a movie together like every five years for the last 40. Probably. And it just it would have been great just to see that dynamic. It's how I feel about Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick. Like, just keep putting them in stuff together. They're fantastic. Yeah. Our last email comes to us from Brandon Banks. Thank you for taking the time. 
questions. Remember that show, Questions? Anyways, we are closing in on Halloween, so the question must be asked. If you had to dress up as your favorite alcoholic beverage-wielding wrestler, who would it be, (laughs) and what drink is in your hand? Would you need to get a haircut to make the costume complete? My answer would be Hangman Page. I'd probably have a beer in one hand and a whiskey in the other. I'd probably have to get a wig because I was not blessed with long golden locks. In fact, I recently cut off my shorter, tad bit darker locks, much to DC's surprise. Can't wait to hear your answers. Sent for my iPhone whilst wondering why you won't bring back the damn list. Once again, comes down to time. Doc Manson's barely able to handle one podcast, let alone doing anything else. Maybe when things calm down and he's only working one job. Uh, I'm trying to think of... I can think of two alcohol beverage-wielding wrestlers. Okay. I'm trying to think of another one. I've got my answer. Who are you going to be? Well, you know me. I'm going to obstruct the question. And I'm going to dress up as CM Punk, and I'm going to hold no alcoholic beverages because I'm straight edge, motherfucker. I will tape up my wrists. Good. Then I can do the easy one. I'm the Sandman. I'm wearing Zuba's workout pants, (laughs) a cutoff sleeve T-shirt. I'll carry around a Kendo sick and a Budweiser. And, you know, every so often I'll gingerly hit it against my head. I think I think I could also get away with maybe dressing up as Mantar and just having like one of those bowl style um, drinks from like the local Mexican restaurant. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that he ever actually came to the ring with one of those, but I could see it. I would like to dress up as the model Rick Martel and hold the glass of wine. I don't think he ever saw him with one, but I feel like it. it would fit. But I'd also put it in the arrogance bottle. Yeah. So every so often I just go <laughs> squeeze. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you to bro. Oh, wait, did we get last, one last minute edition? Simon coming in under the wire. Bake off one. Ready, set, email. I have a friend that chats to me once a year between episode one and the finale of the Great British Bake Off. <laughs> That's great. She tried out. She tried out for the series a few years ago, so she's up to scratch when it comes to baking, but you know, not quite, or she'd have been in the tent. I asked her what the difference between cookie and biscuit was. She told me that cookies start off as more of a dough, densely packed and softer. Biscuits are thinner, lighter, crumbly, with a snap, perhaps, when you break them. Mm. The the snap in biscuits that even Paul Hollywood looks for, for example, comes from a hard dough. She had a theory that cookies get ingredients folded into them before baking, but biscuits get finished once baked. And as someone who's only ever made cookies, yeah. I can only assume we want biscuits to be harder because most of us dunk them in coffee and tea. Cookie lovers want more of a flat, lumpy cake they can dump in milk. Dunk in milk. I dunk all things in my coffee, to be fair. Cookies included? Cookies, biscuits, donuts, pizza, whatever I've got, it's going in. My friend also tells me the word biscuit has Latin oranges with origins, which translate as twice baked. Intentionally twice baked, I think. Not accidentally twice baked. This happens when you take them out too early and make Paul Hollywood frown. The last Bake Off Inside Info I have this week is that each baker pays for the ingredients they use. If they want it, they get it, but they fund it too. This sets up all sorts of questions, but I'll get to them next week. Stay classy, Simon. Yeah, we've read some inside info on uh, the Bake Off. It's 
it's not a show you if you want money like that that is not why you do that show very unlike us uh cooking shows so it's all about the plate and that's why you it's might not good. have been able to hear it. maybe that's it maybe that's it let's get our pieces of positivity out of there before my internet connection dies completely and we can never talk again what do you got for me yeah um you know given everything that has happened in the world of wrestling and you know the the sort of shit sandwich that AEW has been eating in the aftermath of all out this year I, you know Moxley and Daniel Bryan sounds like a hell of a matchup like that actually has me mm-hmm. excited to watch some wrestling and given that this is a wrestling show i guess it would be appropriate every once in a while to give the piece of positivity to something wrestling related and i gotta say yes i am excited to see that matchup excellent i'm very excited. i think it will be i think it will be great i think it will be great at some point aew will be cost effective and I will, I will binge. I will binge and enjoy. Um, have I mentioned my love for Char Su yet? No. Have I talked about that? You have not. Uh, my wife, when we went to the Asian market the other day, uh, she got some Char Su barbecue sauce, uh, which she had gotten for her uh, spring roll recipe. Turns out she doesn't love Char Su barbecue sauce, but Doc... You do. I am a char su baby. I have used almost the entire jar, and we were there probably two weeks ago. Um, I'm dipping everything in it. I'm mixing it. You know, it's the taste is the pork spare ribs you get at Chinese restaurants. That delicious. It's so good. And I'm just like, I'm dipping egg rolls in it. I'm dipping dumplings in it. I'm mixing it in with my egg roll, udon noodle, mix, you know, the, the filling of egg rolls mixed with udon noodles. Oh, man, I'd dip a banana in it if it was socially acceptable. <laughs> what you, the stuff you dunk in coffee, I, uh, it's so good. It is, it is my taste of the week. I have had it probably every day in some form or another. Um, for at least a week, if not longer, and it is just divine. So, all right. Well, you look good. I must say, you look good. You look healthy. Your hair is beautiful and nicely poofed. You look ready for pumpkin season. You look ready for Halloween season. You look ready for Logan Paul season. That's what I wanted. Anything else you'd like to say before we head out into that good night? If you'd like to have your thoughts read on the air, send us an email, podcast at ddtwrestling.com. You can listen to our entire back catalog wherever it is that you find quality audio goodness like this show. And finally, if you like what you've heard and how could you, head on over to patreon.com forward slash ddtwrestling to give just a little bit of financial support to DC and Doc. It does help us keep the lights on. It keeps this podcast train chugging along. He is Doc Manson, at Doc Manson, and he is always deserving of your praise. My name is DC Matthews, at the DC Matthews. Have yourselves a fantastic week. Autumn starts tomorrow for us, which is yesterday for you, if you're listening on time. Otherwise, I have no idea when the heck it is. Until we meet again, my friends, 
won't you be our bestie?